And a special thanks today to 2020 Hemping. Go to 2020hemping.com to get your exotic hemp products. They hooked me up with five tasty free rolls. Pure hemp flour infused with a distillate oil crushed with isolate. It's the trifecta. Legal in all 50 states. If you want to get your CBD pre-roll on, go to 2020hemping.com and use code TRUEBUDS10 to get that pure hemp experience. Thank you, 2020 Hemping. Let's get into the episode here with Matt Meredith from Cottonmouth Media and The Boncast. This is True Buds, that Mary Jane, now we ain't new to this. For my stoners and for my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Yeah, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up the perfect show for my smokers. True Buds. That's a dope visual. Thanks, bro. I was feeling it, so then I laid, uh, laid the music on there. You know what I'm saying? Feel it, dude. Did you did you film that? No, I bought the stock footage though, so Respect. I own the rights. Nice. I think it was like a hundred bucks, but I was really feeling that footage, so I was like gonna film it myself, and I'm like, this is quality footage. Why not just buy some royalty free stuff, man? It's a good point, dude. I've always kind of like, I don't know, felt like I have to film it for some reason, and but it's smarter and quicker and more efficient sometimes, and probably even sometimes higher quality, probably. Yeah, like that's better than footage. what I could do with right. my equipment. But I feel I feel your point though, right? Because that's how I was thinking. But then I'm like, let me. This is the first or a second stock footage I've ever bought. I brought something for my brother on a project I was working on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, done is better than perfect. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> this is better than what you would have done. Hell yeah, man, Matt. It's good to have you in the studio, everybody. You know, it's your buddy Jack Woltering here. We got Matt Meredith in the studio from Cottonmouth Media, the Bongcast. Go subscribe and check that out. Good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, bro. Yeah, like like I said when I hit you up, man, I found Cottonmouth Media a while back. You know, I came up in one on the side, like, related videos on YouTube, so I checked your stuff out. And your quality, man, is there, like, video, everything, man, um, performance-wise, all around. And then I found your Bombcast recently. I started, like, trying to, you know, get more into the podcast game. I got this going on. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is legit. You interviewing people in cannabis some cool episodes that you know i appreciate it yeah no i the youtube thing started in 2017 on 420 in 2017 and i just like started running with it a little bit and i think that's when i started too dude i went in and out yeah of like doing it and then you know got self-conscious of it oh i'm putting myself on the internet smoking weed like do people is this just stupid you know (laughs) i i feel that and then I put out like one particular video where it was like a vlog slash review of Canna Dips, which are, are you familiar with Canna Dips? I've seen them. Yeah, they're just like chewing tobacco, but not tobacco. It's just pouches with THC and CBD in them. So I did a review on that. Became friendly with them through a guy that I went to school with. Um, and then that video started getting like, you know, a couple thousand views and stuff when I was traveling um, in Europe at the time with my girlfriend. So I like stopped paying attention to it for the first time. I was like, whoa, this video's got 2,000 views. Like, maybe people give a shit about this stuff. And then from there, I really started to, like, okay, what can I do? And then How to Clean a Bong, that's the video that really, like, kind of took off, if you will, that made me, like, okay, like, I'm doing Cottonmouth Media. Fuck yeah. I feel I'm right there with you because I did a bunch of comedy stuff, and then uh, I did a couple how-tos, and I'm like, 
same thing. I'm looking, I'm like, holy shit, these how-tos are fucking blowing up. Yeah. So that's why I kind of continued down that route with doing some how-tos and stuff like that. Nice. What was your first how-to video that you put out? Shoot. Um, I think the first, the first one I think that hit it big, which I had to take down now, YouTube was fucking with me. Um, I had to take down two of them. They both had over uh, 300,000 views too. Oh shit. Um, but they were how to make fucking dabs at the hair straightener. Ah, nice. And it was spontaneous. Super creative, but since it's about the concentrates, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something, yeah, exactly. And then like, but it was after a shoot, my buddy's like, oh, I, you know, you want to press a dab with the hair straightener? I'm like, yo, let me film it real quick. Right. I mean, just simple, no, it's, bro. It's smart. Like, yeah. And, and there's then, a, there's a, what I real I realized a really similar thing I was looking at, because I knew how to clean a bong and I'd been doing it throughout my entire college career, you know, and I was just like is there any shit like this on YouTube? And so I look it up and like, there's some stuff like, but I'm just like, oh my God, it's nine minutes long, bro. I'm bored as fuck. This person doesn't have any energy. Like I could do this <laughs> literally in two minutes. I could explain this shit. And I was like actually really inspired by Peter McKinnon. If you know who Peter McKinnon is. I've, I've definitely heard his name. Can you? He's uh, a YouTuber that okay. he does a lot of cinematography and photography tutorials. And he was a professional photographer for and cinematographer for 10 plus years before he really started putting out his his content he blew up like quote unquote overnight and then like, he put in a lot of work but like once he was on youtube he had like a hundred thousand subscribers maybe and he got to a million within nine months and i was following him Shit, because I was, I was really curious about learning photography really liked his video and i started like wow this guy's got energy bro he does like his classic intro you know where he's always like what's up everybody peter mckinnon here <laughs> and he's just like whoa in your face to start off the video and he's relatable and i was like bro i fuck with this guy i feel like i have a similar like demeanor with people and people would enjoy watching a video so i was like let's put out a two minute version of a bong cleaning video and then as soon as it ever has like twenty thousand views or something then like people will click on it because they'll see oh shorter video it's got a nice little thumbnail and it's only two minutes long. Fuck yeah. So I was like two minute tutorials. I kind of like, I didn't rip it off of Peter McKinnon. He does two minute, um, some, a two minute type of tutorial. He doesn't call it two minute tutorials, but I was like, dude, that's in theory way smarter because shorter amount of time to get the same message across. It's punchier. It makes, it shows off your editing skills better. And it's just like, you've held their attention for the entire video versus like a nine minute video where people are just like skip to three forty six for the real information, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why I'm vibing with your content, man, because I had the same thought. Like when I started around the same time, I think four twenty twenty seventeen 2017 as well, man. And I went on same thing, YouTube and I typed it in. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people doing shit, but there's not a lot of people bringing a whole lot of quality. Right. Um, right. I saw that on the, in like, Honestly, the the very first time I even got like introduced to the cannabis industry, that's an interesting story. I was I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and I was an education major. So I was originally going to be like a middle school science teacher, right? And started to get involved with um filmmaking, like I was definitely calling it videography at the time. Um uh, I don't want to be a gatekeeper though, so I won't <laughs> do that. Um <clears throat> but so I got really involved in in video and my friend saw that I had made a short video for one of the philanthropy events that I hosted and he's like, "Yo, are you a videographer?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he's like, "I have this event, a cannabis event in Los Angeles that I need someone to help get content for." So I was like, "Cool, I'm your guy." So I drove down from Slow and it was my buddy that I played basketball with in high school, his name's Sam Zartoshti. He was the first guy on my podcast actually in that first episode okay word and so shout out to sam shout out sam <laughs> <laughs> and i 
got to the event. It was chill. Like everyone was super friendly. There was, it wasn't super high pressure. Didn't feel like I had this, like, got to get these specific shots and da, 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 da. It was like, yo, I kind of trust you. And I was like, someone trusts me. And like, I actually don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This is awesome. (laughs) And there was a dab bar and it was a burlesque mixed with comedy event. Excuse me. And it was the, oh, why am I blanking on their name? Was it like the ladies and cannabis thing you did on your? Um, no, it was called stand up and take your clothes off. And so this woman, uh, okay. I think Karen, Karen <laughs> Freeman, Karen Freeman, um, I could be butchering her last name, but her name is Karen and she hosts that. And originally it started in New York and then they brought it to LA and it had, um, the Lucas brothers. They were like the headlining comedy act. Oh, Are sure. you familiar with them? No, not. Have you ever seen? I'm sure Tyler is. Tyler's a comedian. Yeah. 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 They're like these black twins that are just like super funny, bro. They're just like kind of morbid sometimes in their humor. Like, um, if you've seen 22 jump street, you know, they're like, they go through the sequence. They're like, I don't want to die. You want that? No, I don't want to die. You know? <laughs> they're hilarious though. And I was just like, I'm filming these guys. One of my, my first professional event That's ever. And I'm awesome, filming bro. the Lucas brothers, bro. And it's like burlesque. So women are like dancing like half naked. And this is like, I get to film it and there's a dab bar. I'm getting free dabs. Like I'm getting hooked up, learning about all these like infused drinks and droppers and learning what seven ten means. Like, it was overwhelmingly awesomely stimulating and I was like I was addicted. So I was just like, dude, and I knew Cottonmouth Media was the name already at that time, so I was already telling people there like Cottonmouth Media. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I watched your uh, podcast with the how you got the name and I, I thought that was pretty funny. You nice. like set up and it was it was your boy who set up and said it. Or was it you? It was my boy. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, Tom yeah. Paulson who yeah. sat up and said that because we were just in the garage seshing, you know, classic college just getting stoned but we're brainstorming specifically what's matt's production company with weed related to called (laughs) and then you just i i had at the time like some more excuse me some more media was the name of our business my girlfriend and i um and my brother actually and we were just doing social media marketing and then i was like some more productions before that i was like yeah dude we're a production company even though i have no idea what the fuck a production company even does (laughs) um so i was like we're some more productions and i was like we should do cottonmouth productions and then i think that's where he sat up and was like cottonmouth media those moments too when you're with your boys and that happens everybody's like fuck yeah like. yeah yeah it's just me and him though so yeah, like yeah. it seems epic yeah, as fuck yeah, we're like yeah and then like you zoom out you know and it's just like quiet crickets well it's hilarious though because it still is epic though the fact that how, how long ago that it came up and you're still it's still becoming and growing and something sure. fucking awesome something else i got like addicted to if you will in a good way was just like creating something out of nothing you know like i for the first time i did that was with philanthropy and it was this Make-A-Wish benefit concert that I did. This is what like changed my mind from being like a middle school science teacher to doing business and like filmmaking, really like trying to do something involved in marketing maybe and stuff and business. Um, but it, it was like a Make-A-Wish benefit concert where I got, I did everything under the sun because I was really trying to prove myself to my fraternity that I could be the external vice president and, and AKA be in charge of philanthropy and community service and be called the vice president, you know? And so I ran for it, promised them about this concert, no matter what, if I was going to win, lose, draw. I lost, put on this concert, found the talent, and they, they cost money, so I paid them. And I got a free venue, which was on campus, though, so it was super clutch. Hustling. And then I sold tickets, like, three days a week on campus and taught um, people how to do the sales in my fraternity. And I pitched to a sorority 
on campus, Chi Omega, to do the concert with me because their national philanthropy was the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So they were down, and now I all of a sudden had 200 girls as a sales force. And so I had these girls, like, required, right, because they're new <laughs> members, to sell 10 tickets or pay for it somehow. And so we sold, like, 600 tickets or something, raised $5,000, and I performed at the event, too. And I, I like, uh, you know, I ripped off some chord progression, but, like, I played... Uh, I wrote the lyrics to a song about the Make-A-Wish Foundation for it. And so you're so, a musician like, as well? I've, music's definitely been a, a huge part of my life. I don't necessarily call myself like a musician, if you will, because I feel like I've never decided, like, this is my craft and sure. I'm going to, like, make money off of this. But it's definitely been a huge, like, hobby throughout my entire life. So guitar? Yeah, it, guitar okay. and then, like, started fucking with singing when I got to college. Word, man. Just, like, acoustic shit, though. Nice. Well, yeah. Do you have a favorite jam or somebody... I was favorite musician. I mean, uh, I guess a favorite. I'm. I was born and raised on classic rock. My first concert was ACDC. Shit, that's so, that's some epic shit, dude. Yeah, thirteen, <laughs> thirteen, Black Ice tour, bro, at the Forum, smelling some weed, and you're just like, mm, that yeah. smells nice. What is this? Yeah, it's a whole. It's like what? Yeah, exactly. What's going on here? I yeah, and this <laughs> is this is where my dad's like, kind of like, you know, welcome to manhood, kind of a thing. But it was pretty funny, Fuck and yeah. but so I was always inspired by that stuff. Never even thought like, oh, pop music was a thing. And then Jack Johnson really was, I think, the big inspiration for like being able to like at all imitate his voice in his songs because singing. I don't know if you've ever tried it. It's like, I mean, you're an actor, so I'm sure you have. You know, it's yeah, yeah. super self conscious, yeah, right? For sure. Do you? So is that on your um, Blonde cast intro? Is that you singing that uh, little? Um, intro no I wish <laughs> that was um I got that song on YouTube for a minute when I first started doing like um, video editing I was really looking on YouTube for non-copyrighted artists okay. that were like good and there's this one guy DJ quads who's really good I don't know if it's I don't think that's his music it might be actually <clears throat> but that was a definitely in one of the playlists that I found him in and so I just I always chilling that's what I, was I always loved that song and so I was just like you know, I used it in my, some of my original videos, and then I was like, dude, this song's still s pretty slappy, so, like, let's throw it in there. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have... And, then, and if you if you hear the lyrics in there, it says, at the end of it, it says, um, and when it's over, oh, uh, I press rewind, though. And so it's like, you know, rewind the podcast, oh, listen yeah. to it again. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, that was clean, man. Fuck yeah. I'm sorry, you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I think I interrupted you. No, I had you. in my head, like, oh, shit, no, it's all good. Um, It was about... um. Who knows what his battle probably come back to me. It's okay, yeah. I've, <laughs> I, at one time, I used to hate losing those thoughts. I've decided to let them fleet yeah. more. Yeah, that's what I, I'm like. All right. Yeah, you try to think too much, and then it messes everything else up. Just sure. let it let it go, right? Right. At the end of the day, like, did it really matter? Probably yeah, not. Right. Yeah. So, what do you like to what do you like to smoke, man? And like, how often? And yeah, what's your what's your go to? Bongs probably. Bongs are definitely <laughs> my like go to. It. Yeah, because. Um, it conserves weed the best, and I think it's the one of the cleaner methods for your lungs. Excuse me. And um, I've, I've talked about this before, and I, I did on my podcast once, about how I'm not really a huge believer in joints. I actually – I believe them in, like, a social setting, and they're nice, you know, to be passing around. Like, it's very simple. No one has to keep lighting and shit. But I feel like it you are not maximizing – the the nug as much as you could like you know you're just burning it away and like obviously you're losing a lot of like the the good thc i feel like just to the atmosphere versus with yeah. a bong you're like i'm getting all this shit and it's smaller amount and like the swede's gonna last longer so i've always just been more into that at first you know you start with pipes apples whatever you yeah, can get your hands yeah, yeah. on but um yeah 
bongs definitely and i'm i'm definitely like a daily consumer um i've been way more conscientious about my consumption i've always been really conscientious of my body i feel like but like more so the last couple of years tried to be like okay like let's you know consume in a productive way you know don't be like a quote-unquote stoner with it if you will like not not denying i can be a stoner absolutely you know and i am but <laughs> it's nice to just be like conscientious. Like I'm just going to smoke at the end of the day. Or like if I do smoke in the middle of the day, it's for like, I'm scheduling it out and planning it out and I'm using it versus like letting it use me, you know? Cause I feel like people can let weed use them, use them just cause they're not even thinking about their relationship yes. with it. So yeah, daily, daily consumer. And I go through my fluctuations of like not smoking for a couple of days or like smoking once a day or like smoking four times a day. Kobe died yesterday. So I smoked like 12 times yesterday. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I was, well, I was with my boy yesterday. He's like, dude, I just smoked fucking five blunts. He's like, I'm trying to get over this shit with uh, Kobe, man. I'm like, shit, I hear that, man. Yeah. Me and my, my homies just went to uh, the nearby bar and had some beers and, you know, smoked some before we went and just like you know cheers one to the mamba bro he was so inspirational in so many ways especially like <clears throat> i played high school basketball bro so i was like loved that, that right when i went into high school was right during the championships you know like 2009 2010 was my freshman sophomore years of high school like kobe was my fucking idol bro especially for i had an injury at the time so i was just all about like perfecting my shot perfecting my shot during those times and i was just like kobe was my the type of shot that i wanted and then took that i have a jersey with me it's in my car but i took that jersey to college bro it's been the centerfold on that shrine you know on my uh in the background there and then uh you know i brought it back and i haven't i haven't like thought about it very much you know the last couple of years comparing with lebron actually how i feel about like having the different stars on the team and i was like ah, i just never felt super connected to lebron the same way i did to kobe and then he just like you see this crazy news like oh my kobe's fucking gone and so I just like took that, bro, my Lakers shorts, threw that on. I went on a run, like 30 minutes of hearing the news. And I just like sweat my ass off working super hard, bro, and running. I got some honks from people and it's just like send love. And I feel like that's what he would want, bro. Just I sweat on that's his, dope. I sweat yeah, in his yeah. jersey and I threw it back on the wall. And I was like, fuck yeah, Mamba. Fuck yeah, dude. That goes hard, man. Yeah. The only time I've ever done anything like that was uh, my bro, my first brother to have his uh kid so first niece i've had with uh, a wife was having like some complications so my little bro mm -hmm. and i were like in the basement we we're like happened to be working out yeah so we're like let's do like we started working out and doing sets for her like let's do it like we just got into it it was like a weird thing everything ended up being good but i was like that's dope that you like do you train a lot do you and do you smoke before you train good questions um so i've always been super into fitness because i i did basketball growing up i was playing i was like you know the three sport athlete or whatever and um, when I was doing sports up until like seventh grade, I was doing the three sport thing. Then I like had to start to decide for high school, you know, I like the same one deal, sport, yeah. right? And then like soccer and basketball were my favorites, but they were the same season. So I couldn't pick, I had to pick one. Um, interesting story of how I picked. Long story short, my brother was in high school before me. He was on the varsity soccer squad. I had a bet with the varsity coach uh, at my house when they had a pasta party. I was in eighth grade, and he's like, you going to play soccer? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. And it's like, either or. And he's like, all right, let's go outside right now. And then like, he's like, you make it from here, you play basketball. You miss, you come play soccer for me. 
and it was middle of the street, bro, like a half court shot, and it was just nothing but net. Shit, and I was that's... like basketball, bro. Fucking yeah. hey, dude. That's, it was meant to be. That's awesome. That's a good story, dude. That's Thanks. some pressure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, that's cool. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, easy decision now. And then from there, you know, graduated from high school. So I'm, or even when basketball ended, you're like, oh my god, dude. I've had like six days a week of intense training, two a days for the last four years. Like I need to exert myself. And so I started getting into weightlifting. Did like powerlifting for the first few years of college. Also kind of with bodybuilding because I was interested in both you know, cut down to like 7% body fat at one point. Um, but I was like the same, you know, weight I was when I graduated high school, but my, my body, um, diversity was just so much better, you know, um, my muscle maturity and stuff. But, um, yeah, I like kind of took a break from weightlifting. I, I, when I was in high school, I tore my meniscus. So I had surgery. Um, and then I tore it again when I was 21 just playing pickup like at college as a senior and so and then i had surgery again i knew exactly what i had done to it when i heard it because i had done it before um but then that made me really like think and i was like damn bro like i can't play basketball for the meditative therapeutic way that i've been using it in college i need to find like a kind of a different outlet so i started running and so now i've been like super into running for the last few years and i I ran the mile in high school actually so i was kind of into running already because i did track um, but they always wanted me to do cross country. And I said, "Fuck no." Dude, those that shit was always crazy to me, bro. Yeah, I got mad love for it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, that shit's hardcore. Yeah, because no, for doing like distance running, it's like you gotta want it, you know. So now though, I run like three miles, like fi- about five days a week, and like at the halfway point, I do some pull ups at the park, you know, and some push ups and some air squats, and then I keep my my run going sometimes i do a couple of circuits sometimes i just do one <clears throat> kind of depends how i feel but now it's like i'm like okay i, can, I don't want to pay for a gym membership is actually really why i'm not weightlifting but eventually i'll pull pull the trigger on that and start weightlifting again just because i'm i'm in my mid-20s yeah. now and i can feel actually that i could put on muscle mass like i can just yeah, feel yeah. it you're a red bigger faster stronger <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't read it. Um, but you understand the theory behind it of like cutting and bulking. Yeah, yeah. Cutting and bulking. You have to do it over, uh, you know, a, a like, few cycles yeah, in order yeah, to yeah. really be able to put on muscle mass, which is why skinny guys are like, I can't put on weight. It's because they've like never a hard tried. Gainer. Yeah, you have to eat. Like my brother actually has a book called Bigger, Better, Faster. Now he's a he's a bodybuilder, fitness mm-hmm. guy. And um, same I'm sure p- it's really similar. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, it's all the basic same principles. It's like people when you're skinny, like it sounds like we both where you know trying to gain weight it's like right you just have to eat more food you have to intake more calories to yeah get and you, you burn more your metabolism's yeah. higher so you need to eat more than the average dude you know i was right. eating four like 4200 calories a day for real intentionally when i was really trying to bulk bro and like i hit i, t- I hit 200 pounds on a scale once oh shit. it was definitely like a fluctuation in a day but like i sat pretty at 192 Damn, like I, I never got that big. Lifting. Damn, hey, props to you on that Thanks, shit, man. I appreciate it. Dude, yeah, my, my biggest was like 185, and like back in the back, that was like my peak bigness, man. Yeah, but yeah. like, dude, it's just too much work, bro. That's kind of why I stopped like trying to get super big and stuff. I was like, I just want to get more healthy, man. Like, totally. So I'm in the same boat. I go outside and work out and shit. I yeah. got a sunlight. Yeah, sunlight, man. Park. But running for me puts a lot. I have a lot of flat feet. Mm-hmm. So like, um, so it's yeah, a lot of stresses. Pre- yeah. You. So I 
so I would do like speed walking. So I like speed walk to the park. So just not so much pressure, but I'm still getting that like steady cardio. Dude, fuck yeah. If I saw there's this guy who actually power walked in my neighborhood like all the time growing up, and he was known, bro. Like you should just become your neighborhood <laughs> Be power guy, walker. Yeah, should I get the little weights too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A couple shake weights in each hand, you know, four pounders. <laughs> You'll be flying, bro. Oh, shit. You've ever seen that in the Olympics? What? Power walking in the Olympics? No. That's an Olympic sport, bro. Because, like, it's illegal to have both feet, to be off the ground in power walking. You have to have a foot on the ground at all times, and it actually fucks up their hips. They have a lot of hip problems because they're, like, overacting their hips to go faster. Thank you. That's probably why my hips are tight, so I'm always stretching them out. Yeah, dude. Yoga. Fuck yeah. Yoga. You ever do yoga? Um, I, I, I've never taken like a class, but I do a lot of stretching and foam rolling and stuff. Oh, dude, you should take a yoga class. It'll change your life. I've seen some uh, weed and yoga classes. Yeah? I yeah, wanna, in I Venice, hit, you should yeah, go. I want to hit one of those up, maybe get some content there, see what it's all about. Yeah, dude. Honestly, the I, I get stoned before I go to yoga anyway, so that's definitely the way to go. Yoga, like I had a really cool yoga instructor, and she talks about it like people don't go like yogis don't go to yoga to get better at yoga. They go to yoga to get better at life. Deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's like a huge mental game with getting past your barriers in in yoga physically. And it's the same shit just like mentally or with sports. Yeah, I've know, never heard anybody way. be like, "Oh, I started yoga and it fucking ruined my life." Right. <laughs> I never heard that, you know. Everybody's like it's the best thing ever that's happened to me. Like even old, older guys I talked to in their 50s, 60s, like I started doing, I had surgeries and I started doing yoga and I'm like a new fucking person. Yeah. There's tons of those stories where people just had like out of whack hips, you know, like can't walk. And now they're just like bouncy. Well, like think, they're 25. Think about the average person who, how how often they stretch. The average person probably, I don't know. I can't speak for it, but. Even what not. we were talking about uh, off camera right before this, which was like waking up <clears throat> waking up with and being aware of your circadian rhythm and drinking water first thing versus coffee um i'm the book that i'm listening to right now is called own the day own your life it was recommended by this guy that i was working on this set and it was like the husband of the the talent and she's like he's like yeah dude you gotta read this book because i was talking about how i was like on the cusp of i have, feel like i have this great discipline but i i'm just you know sometimes i let myself have excuses and he's like bro you just gotta listen to this book and so it's been really helpful just waking up. First thing you do, don't hit snooze. Just go outside, get sunlight, drink a glass of water. But And there's even like a concoction, you know, to get proper minerals into your, into your bloodstream in the oh, morning. Shit. And the, the metaphor is like when it's super cold out and you start your car engine, if it's really like below freezing, you need to let the fluids warm up before you go. Otherwise, it might damage the internal workings of the engine. And like people are really no different. But like what you were just saying, the amount of people that stretch, the amount of people that like take care of their body first thing in the morning or like care about it throughout the day like that, it's like super small percentage of Americans at least. Yeah, man, that's and that's awesome too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that book out, man. Yeah. To try to get on that rhythm because I was saying my I'm a night owl. My rhythm mm-hmm. kind of flips and flops a little bit depending on what my schedule is like. But right, and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. You know, and just don't don't judge yourself that. If it's two hours late, an hour early, you know, shit happens yeah. too. That's the other part. Like, you listen to Gary Vee at all? Yeah, yeah, I've heard some of his stuff. It's been yeah. a while, though. I, I need to go back and check out some of his stuff. He's interesting to, like, follow. I'm with you that I, I, I like, stop listening to his stuff, but I always go back to his podcast because I feel like that's the best way to get what he's saying in the macro in, like, 
the shortest time. Is that like the Daily V uh, deal when <clears throat> people call in? Cause yeah, seeing, so yeah, he okay. actually just stopped doing that, but that oh, was really? a YouTube okay. series. He now has the Weekly V, which is supposed to be more like an inside look to what he's actually doing on a day-to-day oh, basis right. to give more context of like his actual business that he's running. and Because like, you know, he's got that kind of the image of just being like kind of a like he's just talking he's like you know nobody sees the behind the scenes of him doing the ceo job stuff and so he's trying to like show the side of that more so he stopped doing daily v actually but oh, it's shit. the podcast is just like keynote speeches it's the full realm of his content but just on the audio okay yeah. his instagram is also fire as well yeah like he just has pictures similar thing like what you're talking about he'll have just like speeches and he'll have graphics that just yeah. show all sorts of shit and then every now and then it'll be like a graphic that will just say like get off instagram that yeah, like he yeah. posts That's so dope. you see that and you're like oh shit all right i gotta go do something man yeah sometimes yeah. i'm like um i don't feel like i want to do this right now i'm like what would gary say right now he'd be like shut the fuck up and do it yeah and but i feel it's so funny on his instagram i follow him too and i feel like what he does everything is on his podcast if you just listen to his podcast he just takes the snippets from the podcast that are super fire puts them on his instagram and that's obviously like his main way of suggesting of how people like make multiple types of content from one piece if you will yeah and it's just long form and now you have six short forms from that long form and that's what he does with all of his shit yeah. dude and so just his instagram it. and so i don't even look at his social platforms anymore i only listen to his podcast and while i'm running and then i feel like i get the, i get the full yeah, of what yeah. he's trying to p- put out message wise because sometimes he's talking about platforms and stuff and i feel like i actually get some insight about like what's going on maybe in the marketing world that i'm a little bit less aware about and he's just like watch what i do not what i say but a lot of what he does is he repeats the same things a lot and so if he's you know he started talking about tiktok a lot a little while yeah. back you know so i started fucking with tiktok yeah he he he's knows that shit too yeah and I, I like the first time i saw him too his his character's kind of like you know, he just comes at your jersey, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking East Coast as fuck. You he's should like, love yeah. him. Yeah, he's fucking dope. The first, actually, first video I saw, he was like on the street in New York or some shit. He's like, you got to get your fucking shit together. No fucking excuse. I'm like, this guy goes fucking hard. Yeah, No, exactly. I got mad love for Gary. And the thing, too, I thought was interesting that I've heard him say so many times. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, somebody like me, he's talking to corporations. He's like, I have 15, 20 people running my image. He's like, so you guys need to step your fucking shit up. But I think about that too. I'm like, if I had fucking 15 people helping with media right now on True Buds, like that'd be fucking insane. Yeah, dude, and that's that's like on the smaller end. I think it's like 25 people now. Oh yeah, huh? he least. just keeps he just keeps. Yeah, because he's he's just like he just he's not afraid to hire too, you know. And he's he's got he's like making like his personal brand obviously is just like through the fucking roof at this point that like he can almost do whatever he wants. Like he's just on he's becoming so extremely mainstream. It's like overwhelming and i think everybody wants him he's i i think he's definitely gonna get the jets yeah i don't think he even gives a fuck about that and that's what he would say he'd be like it's just about the chase he just likes the process of getting the jets he doesn't even give a fuck about actually getting the jets he just wants to play the game you know which is the fun part which i which is just like for me i was like dude i'm kind of glad that i got let go from that job this morning so we could do this podcast because i was like this is just a sign bro that like cottonmouth media and like my filmmaking and the documentaries and the podcast that's really what i should be putting my my time into hell yeah man yeah it's it's awesome to hear that too like you making something positive out of it it could be easy to be like oh i fucking i'm just gonna do nothing today and like sure you know yeah no, like i love the mentality man like just being optimistic thanks yeah I, I think um kobe's passing away yesterday too was just like that information is so meek 
in Bro, comparison. For real, that puts shit in perspective every time somebody yeah. ha- something like that happens. You, th- that's what I was thinking yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go fucking harder, bro. Yeah, yeah. And this, you know who uh, Yvette Brown is? She was. Um, you ever watched Drake no, you, and Josh? I feel bad. You dropping some names no, on me? No, it's all good, bro. You know, uh, you ever watched Drake and Josh? That's a, yeah, I, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she's she's Helen. Helen. She runs she the, the movie theater. Yeah, she's okay. the movie theater, and she's just like, um, you know, she hates Josh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of addicted to Josh. Yeah, she yeah. loves Drake because Drake's cute. Yeah. Um, but she posted something on her Instagram saying, like, you know, puts things into perspective that, like, how fortunate we are for just, like, people to come home safely from work, you know, every at the end of the day. Like, you don't even – you take that for granted so easily, and you can get frustrated when someone comes in because dishes aren't done or – you know, you're late or whatever it is, but like, at least you're fucking there. And I ha- and that's what I do too. When I start stressing about some shit, I'm like, yo, step back. What actually matters? If the world was like, you know, what would I do today if like it was the last day? I'd be, be with the family and friends and shit. So it's like, I'm stressing over like trying to get a video done or some other shit. And it's like, yo, wh- let's boil it down to the most important shit. Not that that yeah. other stuff doesn't matter, but that's how I kind of think sometimes to put shit in perspective. Like, I'm- totally. Yeah, Gary talks about his family fucking dying, you know, so it's just like, it's extreme, but it, it's definitely the exact perspective of what people think about when Kobe passed away. You know, like, Gary's example is always like something crazy, like, what if I got hit by a bus in China, you know? And it's <laughs> like, what if you crashed your private helicopter in Calabasas? Yeah, it's like, damn. Yeah, perspective, dude. And 13-year-old Gianna, bro, and then obviously all the other people on board, but like, 13, man, and 41, 41's young as fuck. Yeah, man, that's a fucking... It was like Kobe was born to like play basketball. Yeah, quite literally. How long was his life without basketball? Like, yeah, how long has he been out? Uh, been retired? Retired in 2016, so not even four years, bro. Damn. Yeah, like three and a half years of blissful retirement, you know, and like starting to build up that relationship with Gianna because she started to express interest in being like more of a basketball player and more of a force, and she started showing us some talent and stuff. But and they had that game. Damn, man. Yeah. Just mad love out there, man. Yeah, for real. We can bring it up, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> not to bring no, it down, not to no, bring no, the vibe no. too down here. No, yeah, but no, yeah. Just, it's, I, I loved, it's good to I go there Kobe. sometimes, yeah. yeah. I just loved Kobe, bro, so it's hard to not. And go check out it. Matt's videos on Cottonmouth Media on YouTube and definitely subscribe because, and when you go and see him, like we were mentioning, like, you'll see the backdrop. He's repping the Kobe hard, man, and just, that's dope, like. And Magic and Wilt Chamberlain, too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Wilt the Stilt, man. That's some uh, Kansas right there, buddy. Yeah, he's so from people, Kansas. Uh, yeah, he started at, uh, he was the big KU guy. Nice. Where uh, basketball started. The yeah. Rule, the... I didn't tell you this before. My, I went to Kansas City, Missouri because my cousin lives there. And okay. I, I didn't know that until like this summer when my girlfriend and I did the huge road trip around the United States. And I was like, I guess we're going to go see my cousin in Missouri. Uh did you do anything or just kind of kick it at his place? Did you go around the city at all? Um, so it's she, but so I oh, met sorry. her and her family. No, it's all good. And we, it was like super, super, super brief. And they had to go to church the next morning and stuff or whatever, but got to meet their, they breed rabbits Interesting. and eat the babies. Okay. And that's how they make some of their dinner. And that I learned that from her kids. So I met like my cousin's <laughs> kids. I don't know exactly what you call those second cousins or cousins once removed. Okay. One of those two. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. They're living like, the 1950s American dream. That's what I would call it. Yeah, there's yeah. places like that. They like, didn't know what um, uh, Stranger Things was. That's, really? That's just giving perspective on how under the rock, under the like yeah. living under a rock they are uh, in regards to the internet. 
Yeah. We asked for their Wi-Fi password. They're like, I'm not quite sure. We haven't checked that in like a month. (laughs) And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like meeting people like that. I love meeting people like that too. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay. But I'm also the type of guy who likes to just set my cell phone down for a little bit and not look at it. But not have not knowing that shit's kind of crazy. Yeah, you don't think... need to if you're raising rabbits and kind of living, you know, out there in Kansas. Yeah, no, or Missouri. Exactly. It's Im- I think it's kind of important to just be at least for me to feel aware, kind of what's going on. That's where I in the world. Yeah, that's where I'm always on the fence though, because I don't watch. I'll do some cannabis news more recently, but like. Mm-hmm. For the past long time, I don't listen to news really. But I want to, I should a little more to be more informed. But a lot mm-hmm. of times it's just downer and just a bunch of shit. So I'm like, sure, yeah. I mean, Trump this, Trump that. I'm like, fuck this. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. It's better. It, it, it's good to be informed. So, like, I, I almost like it's on in the background of, you know, where I'm at and I, I'm, I'm kind of paying attention to it. My dad listens to a lot of stuff. So he always talks to me about it. So I have conversations in like a safe, private environment about it. But like, I'm with you. It's kind of tough to to also go out in public and have like a civil conversation about it at this point. Yeah. So, but watching it and just being like super un nonpartisan about the information that you're hearing. Yeah. Just like what does this actually mean? That's what I've felt like lately. See, that's, oh, I'm, my bad, bro. No, you're good. Well, what's bro. weird to me, dude, with the news is like, and I'm not one of these guys who's like fake news, all that type of bullshit. Sure. But what has always been interesting to me is like. Dude, they know and they're aware, like, their ratings go up mm-hmm. when there are catastrophic events. So it's mm-hmm. like, I I struggle, like, th- I'm not saying they're rooting for these events, but they all know they do better when these events happen. So it's just like this weird thing to me, knowing these people pounce on a thing like 9-11 or Kobe dying, like, almost like rats coming to dead meat that sure. just died, you know? Right. And that's what that's why I can't personally watch the news, man, cuz it is it just I get those it just has a dark energy to it all the way. Yeah. And no, then now think, people are trying to spread more of like random articles of like blind kid able to see and stuff. Like it's, you kind of have to go to Facebook to see these like random articles that bring you joy cuz the news isn't bringing that shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's funny you say that cuz I feel like part of like why we make documentaries my girlfriend and I in our business and like just you know for passion is exactly what you said our our business was called some more media at first and originally that idea stemmed from um, my girlfriend was really into journalism and she wanted to start this website called some more good news because she was tired of like all of the news being negative and she wanted just a platform where it was literally just a positive news platform And then it, that's how some more media became a thing for our business name, which is still technically the legal business name for our LLC, you know, but we just have a DBA for Unreal Stories, U-N-R-E-E-L, by the way, Unreal, you know, fun <laughs> um, we're punny as fuck, uh, dad joke friendly, um, but yeah, dude, I'm totally with you, positive news is like kind of lost in the sauce, and, but if you watch, like, there's a lot of documentaries, I feel like, that also express yeah. a similar message to what you're saying, and there's... I went to this thing called, uh, oh, what was it, the Spark Change Summit, and it was at UCLA, and it was like documentary and feature filmmakers talking about how they make films basically for people to think in a specific way, like Hotel Rwanda. The filmmakers of mm-hmm. that were there. like That was supposed to shine like a really positive light on African culture and to, to understand what's going on in a more firsthand perspective um, and to just be more empathetic about that culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so many documentaries that are really about that and like that and even features, you know, like Black Panther that had a lot of intention behind of how we view black people. That was the whole reason, a lot of the reason behind the movie. And I realized that 
almost every bit of content that is out there, whether it's the media, the news, feature films, documentaries, that, that's why they're out there. It's to make you think a certain way. And that's what I, I feel like you do it too. That's what I try to do, and I'm sure Tyler does in his mm -hmm. comedy, and I know you do in your videos. Like, mm -hmm. There's always, I feel like with everybody, like you're saying, there's always something underlying. A lot of people might not see it in something I make. but And it's not always an bad. Yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's intention there to yeah. give a feeling, or like some comedy videos I'll do. I'll, I'll try to have a message in it, mm -hmm. have it funny, but... Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. But to your point too, with the news and shit, I was comparing this in my head the other day to like, I'm a big hip hop head. I love hip hop, and I'm just seeing all these dudes. It's been going on forever, you know. Especially recently, all this beef in on Instagram and shit. People starting drama just like the news, to just up the views, yeah. up the sales. It's <clears> and just, it's it, it, think it about works. it. It's expressed in television, even like think about Breaking Bad. I'm taking nothing away from that because I love that series. Fucking amazing. Obviously, the number one critically acclaimed television show that's ever ran. Is that but, really? Yeah. And but that show really very much so encourages like crime and bad behavior. If you think about it, it's encouraging that it's really cool that this teacher is like illegally manufacturing all of this crazy meth that people are getting addicted to uh, in statewide across the nation and like he's the fucking drug lord and like they're encouraging how dope it is when he mm -hmm. takes out people and stuff and like not to say that he wasn't standing for what was right in a way in certain things that he was doing but like it just completely glorified bad behavior and people yeah. fucked with it and like I fucked with it like saying yeah bitch was super cool for a while you know <laughs> but like at the same time where it's encouraging kind of the wrong direction and most television for ratings <clears throat> for ratings and stuff they, they kind of go down that route because they know it performs better versus a nice nice story doesn't perform as better yeah or as good yeah I've, I've i watched a couple episodes i just never got in and once there's a couple seasons i'm like i, I that's a lot of right but yeah uh, yeah once they start to go seven seasons deep you're like Phew. what about the movie what did you think of that new netflix one i thought it sucked oh really i thought it sucked <laughs> Love Aaron Paul, bro. Thought that El Camino sucked. Well, just kind of. I just thought it was like an one really long extra Breaking Bad episode that didn't add to the story context at all. Okay, that's my personal oh, opinion. Well, I was like, appreciate so, your honesty. I feel yeah, like they were so stoked yeah. on the release, and Aaron's like, dude, can't wait to release this, guys. It's been so secret. I'm like, wow, it's so impressive how secretive they kept this. Then I watched it, and I was like bored by the end. I was like, this wasn't even cool. There was no action. Yeah, just kind of like dragged out through the chase yeah. of them, of him kind of figuring out what he's doing after. I feel like they basically just solidified what you thought. Yeah. Are you kind of in the same boat? What are your thoughts no, on I, it? I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was, you know, there were a lot of people who thought it was like a masterpiece. And like, I thought the show. Sure, I think still, the cinematography was amazing. Oh, yeah, the cinematography was amazing. But the right. overall story, I did want more out of it. Yeah. Um, Real quick, so you guys were talking all about, you know, you were saying especially how movies and TV, they kind of have different things that we all learned from them yeah and dude like one thing that's interesting also is like so we have all this gun violence today mm -hmm. and you know we have people who who we have anti-gun people we have pro-gun people whatever argument would you go on it so right here it says 94 percent of the most popular movies since 1985 contain at least one violent scene so we all know that there's violence in every movie and half of those movies involve guns because mm -hmm. I remember this one stat, and I, I couldn't find it just now, but it was like, it's something crazy, like 70% of movies have at least one gun in them. And it's true. How many movies do you, do you are there really that you've watched that doesn't have any guns at all 
only kids' movies. And if that, even kids' movies might, you know? Right. Yeah, just scrolling through Netflix, you see it. And it's yeah. like, sometimes I'll put a movie on, like, when I'm kind of laying down, going to bed, and my girl usually falls asleep a little before. She's like, put something on without, like, a gun or a shooting in it. I'm like, well, it's subliminal, that's pretty fucking hard. It's subliminal <laughs> messaging, too, in a way. Like, yeah. gun sales probably are higher and then we wonder why we have all these problems now, you know? Right, Is right. Not to dive, not to dive yeah, down yeah, like the no, gun conversation, yeah. but just to say that like with any product. Yeah. No, no, let's dive down this. <laughs> <laughs> only political talk, guns, and yeah, yeah. Trump, please, right now. Next uh, two hours. Oh, shoot. Um, but no, yeah, like any product that you put into a, into a, a film, a movie, a TV show, like any product, it's consistently there. Like subliminal messaging is just like that. That becomes normal, you know? Yeah. Versus like... I, I don't, I'm, for the most part, I don't see guns in most of my life, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, it's in the, it's just in movies. But, like, also from the movie-making perspective, it's like, oh, dude, like, we've got way higher production value, and we have a high-ass budget, so we're going to get the, the realist-looking stuff, too, yeah. first of all, once it gets to that scale. But then, like, the more explosions and stuff, the more expensive that costs, but the more action and, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, action that you can actually sell is in the movie, so, like... The more explosions, the more guns, honestly, like the better for your box office because it's all about making money at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's a whole game right now. And that's why there's so many repeats and remakes. And but I think it's also going through an interesting time with like stuff like podcasts, long form content, movies getting longer over the past couple of years. I feel like I feel like the independent vibe is coming back more. Mm-hmm. To the, yeah. Documentaries, to yeah. Are, I mean, are becoming way more popular the last like decade documentaries like short form documentaries you know i'm a big believer that like a feature length for an hour and 20 minutes it's got to be really punchy for me to sit through the entire thing and to be super interesting the whole time versus i i think i really think like 20 minutes is your yeah. money maker for I, a doc. Know, I, i'll dive into some more of those but i have a couple um a couple that i think are really well done i like the thin blue line i don't think that errol morris thin Mor- blue line yeah yeah his shit's really good and then um Pumping Irons. Classic. I've seen Pumping, pumping Irons. Iron, yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> he's like talking about when he waitlists, it's like having sex. He's like, it's like coming. And then, like, at the end, he's smoking a J. I'm like, fuck yeah, Arnie. But that, like, that's what, that was part of the culture. Then that's like what propelled him. And then he got like Conan and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I'm trying to think. Arnold like was a, a hard ass worker, bro. Yeah, he still, still is, is yeah, dude. Still, yeah, still yeah, is. Sorry, those, those guys. Is, yeah. yeah, those guys don't stop. Was and is and has always it's been. It's like, dude, wait, ha- like, hasn't he had like some heart attacks and shit? It's like, and you're still make. He's like, has a heart attack. He's on set or something the next day. Like, yeah, I'm ready to go. That makes me think of Sylvester Stallone, bro. I look up to him in a similar way. Oh, he like broke his neck recently or some shit. Yeah, I think that was like within the last five, five-ish years he did that, and he's. I think he's gotten recovered a bit from that, but when he filmed Rocky Four with the. Uh, you know, Ivan Drago, yeah, the yeah, big yeah, Russian yeah. guy. I'm blanking. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did real sparring for that. And, like, Dolph Rung- Lundgren hit him in the chest so fucking hard that he literally went into cardiac arrest. What? And, like, they finished filming that movie, obviously. And, like, that's all an that epic shit. Rocky. Yeah. I didn't but, know like, that. that sparring was real. Yeah. Oh, Not shit. all of it, but a lot of it because he wanted it to look more real. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren was fucking sweet. He still is swole, but in that movie, like, yeah, that's like, I was like, this guy, like, when I was watching him younger, I was like, this guy is f- a fucking animal, and they ha- make it so like dramatic too. He's like running on the treadmill and sticking him with steroids and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I must break you. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk loves that movie actually because the Russians like, I didn't fight for you, I fought for me. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck this country. I fought for me. <laughs> 
yeah that whole culture is really interesting my girl's from ukraine she moved here when she was like 11 but that whole culture is really yeah that's fascinating man i'm like, sure it's interesting to pick her brain on that stuff yeah it's really interesting and it, she was saying the you hang out with her family and talk about it um i've she has a pretty small family i met her mom her, her grandma lives out there and her uncle still mm -hmm. live in ukraine and i was talking to her about like that her grandma doesn't have a heater she uses the oven in the winter Oh shit! She's like in her eighties, like, those people OG. are just hard, bro. Yeah, yeah like tough. dude, they dude. fucking go in, bro. Go, dude, oh my god, this is full circle. Like the the own the day, own your life, bro. It talks about like cold showers, chapter two, yep. and oh, like shoot. I, I started. Oh, Ari Marcus, yeah, 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 and it's all about like acute using acute stressors in intentional ways is basically the point of a cold shower, where it's like an acute stressor is like you know physical things that you stress about which is like survival essentially and so like having a quick cold shower um in the morning is actually just like a great way to kickstart your day where like you're not stressing about something like psychologically that is kind of like financial or like your business title like things that don't really matter that stress you out over time that like basically kill you and cause cancer you know yeah. but like the acute stressors like cold water really good for you actually because then it helps you give even just a little bit of a daily perspective on like, wow, at least I'm not in this cold ass shower right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You hate it and you face it in the morning and yeah. you're like, it's just like your first challenge that mm -hmm. you got through, you know? Yeah, exactly. Do you do that every day? Uh, I've started doing it the last like three days. I have, I take a regular shower and then I do like just cold right at the end. And today was like the most where I was like, I'm gonna be a little bit of a bitch and just put it on my face. But like <laughs> for the most part, I try to turn all the way around and get the cold water on your back, your shoulders yeah. and your face. Cause like on your face to start, you're like, oh nice, okay, got through it. But then you go to your back and you're just like, woo! Like yeah. I am really uncomfortable now. Yeah, but, that's where I thought it would always be cool to uh, like have a pool or just even live close to the ocean and just hop in that shit in the morning. Yeah, no, they're in the in uh, Aubrey Marcus's book, bro, he talks about how Native Americans would it was like a ceremonial daily thing um, I'm not quite sure which um, tribe it was but like they would jump into the cold water on a daily basis with their like young toddlers to like uh, like basically a daily baptism but like they didn't even consciously know that that was like you know them doing acute stressors to help them survive the harsh conditions of like the wild Shit. but like that's what it helped them with and they just looked at it in like a spiritual way but like it was their instinct. It was like the human instinct to fucking like be able to survive. You know, they like grow up like that. And when you said that too, it made me think of like you always see the scenes of them smoking like a peace pipe. Like mm -hmm. I wonder a lot of times what they were smoking. Was it like opium or was it actually just weed? Like, I mean, it was just I think anything they could hallucinate on. Yeah. Um. You know, there's like ayahuasca and stuff. I've never done that, but any kind of hallucinogen that could give you an alternative perspective that you're not just like you know sitting in your your regular conscious state yeah a lot of people are hyping up uh, like the dmt and ayahuasca big time right now you ever done dmt no me either i, 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 would, I would try it. i've never done acid i've done mushrooms i've done acid before and i've done mushrooms i actually done only did mushrooms once and it was not a great experience i had a panic attack it was my first and only panic attack i've ever had but um i started watching goop which is like the gwyneth paltrow's uh, company that they did a documentary series on recently and it's all about psychedelics whoa yeah no way. first I'll episode first episode's like first-hand perspective of like these four or five people doing mushrooms in jamaica interesting and <laughs> honestly it, it made me think like bro okay it even gave me perspective on my trip that i had and i was yeah. like oh it was negative but like actually it really meant something kind of about like maybe the people that i did it with and stuff yeah. and the environment I was yeah, it's in. That's mindset for, sure, mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. sure. I think I subconsciously knew that and reacted the the right way from it. But 
now I'm like kind of conscious of like, uh, I think that's what that kind of meant. And how much did you take? I think we all, again, like my friends were not uh, super thoughtful and strategic in <laughs> us taking these. So I think I took like uh, two grams or something mm. or two and a half grams or something like that. But they gave me the weird looking one, you know? So yeah, was, they're yeah. like, yeah, don't take They're all like, that's a weird one. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I've never done this. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I think everyone should take psychedelics at some point in your life. You can. It's almost like when you talk to someone who's tripped, mm -hmm. like you have sh shared yeah. similar experiences that well, you can't explain to somebody who hasn't. I feel like it's almost like smoking weed even too. Yep. It's yeah. like if you've never engaged your endocannabinoid system, you just don't know what it's like to yeah. feel high. Like you're just missing out on a complete like spectrum of conversations. And like yeah. you, and with like the mushrooms too, how you said the first trip was like bad. Like that's when I talk to people who don't like weed and I'm like, have you tried it? A lot of times people, or sometimes they'll say no, mm -hmm. but also a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I had it once. Right. So that's where it's like, a, so a lot of people have a really bad first experience yep. and I'm like, yeah, you just need to try it again. Like so, do a little more mellow, but like mm -hmm. it's easy to have a bad experience the first time. Like, Fuck this. Dude, well, especially, also, I, I'm sorry about no, it. Yeah, go like, for it. Dude, I've heard of kids like, and kids I knew in college, like doing shrooms for the first time. And then it's like, they're going to a fucking theme park or something. It's like, dude, you are not doing this right for your first time experiencing this mind altering substance that a lot of people think, yeah. you know, oh, it's just, I'm just going to get high. Like, dude, your first time, you're you're accessing a new dimension that you have never seen before. You yeah, know? Yeah, so no. that's why people have these bad experiences. Because, like, I had a bad experience first time on shrooms. But I, I took, like, three and a half grams or something. Walked around, like, freshman campus. Tripping out. But on the come down, felt good about it. Right. And realized, like, oh, I like this just lower doses right calm right. setting you know yeah so people need to learn that i yeah. think i would be interested in trying to like microdose shrooms you know yeah. so that it's not super crazy nothing like visual necessarily but just like like the 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 actual like therapeutic use for it you yeah know? i think most people like mistakenly like i did take it in a recreational setting that you don't understand you don't have a proper shaman that's yeah. gonna lead people through shit that really just like understands psychedelics in general and the the scope of how this is gonna go um, but yeah, well, I was going to say something similar about weed. I feel like people don't realize that the, they didn't have the right people with them either yep. when they seshed and like, you got to have someone that's again, like a shaman for someone's first time for them to be like, yo, like you might actually kind of hallucinate the first time you smoke weed, but like, know that like, that's really never going to happen again. Yeah. You know, because after that first time that you like have that first crazy, like, oh my God, I kind of over smoked and like, I'm so fucking high my body is feeling <laughs> things. And I'm just like. I'm, my eyes closed and I'm seeing TV shows, you yeah. know, like all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, you're imagining things. You're actually hallucinating. But then like after that first time of hallucinating, you pretty much never do again because now your endocannabinoid system is basically like engaged. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and for first timers too, I would never recommend a first time person to eat an edible, even if it was small. Just start, Second out, with, that. Just start yeah. out with a puff. Amen. Like, because I've Second talked to people that. like that too. Like, yeah, I had an edible first time. I'm like, whoa. Big mistake there, buddy. Like, yeah, walk before you can run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I love my edibles. You, you fuck yeah. with edibles, dude? I was uh, like I was saying, I was been I've been more conscientious about my consumption the last like two years, and I really I haven't dove into it yet. But like, definitely have been like, okay, I'm I need to be smoking like not on a daily basis and doing like just edibles at like maybe right after dinner or something on certain days or whatever sure. versus like you know abusing my lungs because i also being an athlete i remember like first times i smoked people like oh damn bro like mac can take big rips bro like he's got some <laughs> lungs and i'm just like fuck yeah i do 
And so I was really into it at first, but then now I realize like that's kind of stupid to like really over challenge my lungs in like a capacity of smoke kind of a way because that's just like not sustainable, you know. And that's why I don't do dab glob content or like bong rip content or like celebration and do 20 bong rips, you know, like I don't do shit like that. Like no disrespect to anyone that really does that, but if we're being honest, like that's not quality content. Yeah, and I don't do the, I don't do that either. But I no would respect. Like, I wouldn't. Uh, again, like I said, no disrespect to the people that are doing it. But my philosophy is just that, like, that's not providing the masses value. But that's the, why uh, I make content is to pr try to provide value in what I'm. The doing. crazy thing though is that still gets a shit ton of hits. Right, and that's why people do it though, and that's my yeah. point of like, it's easy to like bite, yeah, bite that um, that sandwich if you will, because it's just like, oh man, it's so tasty it's got avocado on it it's got the fucking works like it's toasted on a baguette and it's just yummy bro like but the you should eat the tofu bro because the tofu route bro long term you're gonna be healthier and you're gonna fucking you're gonna run faster than the fucker eating the sandwich shit yeah that's a nice analogy there bro it's, it's just real. not sustainable to do dab glob content forever you know you always have to one-up yourself you know what i'm saying so yeah. now you're you're literally making content to smoke to get more views like it's a horrible psychological cycle in my opinion that why don't i get more views because i'm like damn this video provided crazy value and was a trending topic that's why it got so many views yeah why don't we one-up that versus like why don't i smoke more in this video yeah you got me thinking too like i think i think i might i'll, I'll do something crazy like that like but mm -hmm. I'd like to get a hu huge group of people together and just roll a fat joint for like, sure. you know, get a hundred thousand subscribers or something. Just throw like a get again. A fat, there's like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But that's I just like not you. my I'm personal yeah. style. I feel you. But like, if someone, if that's like, also like, okay, a hundred thousand subscribers. I I decided I'm never gonna celebrate something until maybe I get to that point, again. Because like, who cares if I get ten? Who cares if I get twenty? Who cares if I yeah. get fifty? Like, I think a hundred though is like, okay, that's pretty respectable. You got yeah. six figures of people that care about what you're doing. But at that point, I'm going to be like, how can I provide crazy value in my celebration video? For real. You know? I love it, man. How to roll the one pound joint. Hey, fuck, fuck yeah, man. Right? Yeah, and I love all this, uh, as we're wrapping up here, man, I love, like, I feel like our content, and I feel like we have a similar mindset on a lot of stuff, and when it comes to cannabis content making, just being in this industry, man. So. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for coming in again today. Thanks and, uh, for having you know, me, bro. Anytime, bro. I'm excited for more collaborations. Maybe we could do some dope videos and... I can see where it takes us, bro. Absolutely, dude. I appreciate that you reached out. I was really surprised when you reached out, and I was like, damn, bro, someone's got me coming on their podcast. So, Hell yeah, man. Thanks. Right, thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, and everybody, go seriously check out the Bongcast. Check out Cottonmouth Media on YouTube. Is it Cottonmouth Media on Instagram as well? It is, cool. yeah. That's what I thought. Cottonmouth Media, check it out, man. Quality Twitter, content. Twitter is at Cottonmouth Matt. Cottonmouth Matt, man. Because media was one letter too long. It wouldn't let me do it. Oh, really? Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> But Cottonmouth Media, yo. Cottonmouth Media, yo. True Buds TV collaborations coming at you soon. We out. Thanks for kicking it. This is True Buds. That Mary Jane, now we ain't new to this. For my stoners and for my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Yeah, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up the perfect show for my smokers. True Buds.